This has been K-State Wildcat Show. Presented by Andy's Frozen Custard. Kelsey at the 20, 15 to the 10, and into the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City! On your weekday home for Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Mitch Holtis. The ball is out and picked up by the Chiefs. It's on Nick Bolton. Nick Bolton at the 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City! Your official broadcast partner at the Kansas City Chiefs 610 Sports Radio. Once a run of boot being chased by Chris Jones. He is wrapped up and eaten by Chris Jones. Here's Jay Binkley. Well, the Kansas City Chiefs finished the 2022-23 regular season with a nice spanking of the Raiders 31-13. Could have even been worse than that. But the Chiefs finished undefeated in the AFC West. How's that for all those hot predictions this year? All those teams spending money. What over? Close to half a billion on teams uh, trying to beat the Chiefs. And it didn't come to fruition. Mahomes now 27-3 and against AFC West. This is the 128th meeting between the Chiefs and the Raiders. Chiefs holding a 72-54-2 to lead. Andy Reid, he goes to 17-3 and against the Raiders' lifetimes. Mahomes goes 9-1 in the last 10 against the Raiders. Mahomes now 16-0 on the road against the division. I think that is actually the most important stat. When you think about all the stats, Mahomes setting in all-purpose yardage uh, most ever in a season this year with combined yardage. But the 16-0 on the road against the division is the one that stands out to me the most. The Chiefs versus the Raiders with Andy Reid as head coach. 9-1 in the last 10, 15-2 in the last 17, 16 of the last 20, 17-3 mark in that last 20 as well. This is a complete ownership that he has over the Raiders. We talk about the, this spell of, what, 15 straight games against the Broncos. He's doing the same thing against the Raiders. He is putting this division on his lap and spanking them. But the Kansas City Chiefs, they needed this one. This is a complete team win. You think about how the defensive play. They had six sacks today. All right. They ended up with 55 sacks on the season. Last year, they only had 31. Count them. That's 24. 24 more sacks than they had last year. Remember, people said they couldn't get to the quarterback. I remember Pete Prisco on CBS writing, well, the Chiefs, you know, this is midseason. Well, they, they need a pass rush. It's the one thing uh, – Stopping them. Well, they're second in the NFL right now in sacks. 24 more than last year. What did I say before the season started? They're going to do it by committee. Manufacture. Oh, Chris Jones is your big dog. You throw in some Carl off to shoot some safety blitzes, some nickel blitzes, nickel corner blitzes with Legereus Sneed. They'll find a way. Bolton will get in there. Chanel will get in there. They'll find a way to get those sacks. But they did. And this is exactly the game you wanted to see before having the bye, as the Chiefs have the bye week now um, in the AFC, that one coveted bye week, the Kansas City Chiefs earned that. But a couple things today. Carl Loftus, when you're speaking of sacks, six of the last seven games, he's got at least a sack. You know, really proven that first-round value. Good for Brett Veach. That's unbelievable. Chris Jones with two-and-a-half sacks. I mean, this team was just getting after the quarterback, doing their thing. And offensively, they were crisp. They were moving the ball. Hell, they were even, <laughs> when they were up 14-3, to they did the ring around the Rosie play, which actually is a really nice play with the, with the whole uh, huddle. 
Mahomes called it the snow globe when they spun around. It really is kind of nice because it really confuses you. Okay, who's where? All right, McKinnon's a quarterback. Kelsey's in the backfield. Kadarius Tony's in the slot. Patrick Mahomes is a quarterback. What are they going to do? And there's actually a whole bunch of variations the Chiefs could run off of that play. And then they do it with McKinnon, pitching the ball to Mahomes. Mahomes throws a Kadarius Tony touchdown. Stupid penalty that shouldn't have even been a penalty called on that play. And then the next play, of course, Kadarius Tony gets into the end zone. Kadarius Tony's going to be big time for this team if he stays healthy. His moves, he's the best open field runner the Chiefs have. With the ball in his hands, the moves he makes, the way he uses his shoulders, is showing why he was a first-round pick. But if he can stay healthy, what a weapon he is. And keep in mind, Sky Moore didn't even play in this game. McCole Hardman hadn't played forever. He's back on the roster, didn't play. I did expect a few plays today from McCole Hardman, but no. But now he gets two weeks of rest, as the Chiefs can really use those two weeks of rest. How about Jerick McKinnon? What did I say about four weeks ago? Now it's the hot thing to say that Jared McKinnon might be the third best player on the Chiefs offense. Been saying this for a long time. Last six games, he's got nine touchdowns. But the way he blocks, even on a Mahomes run, you know, it looked like, you know, Mahomes gets the first down and, oh, wow, look at Mahomes get out there and run. Jerick McKinnon's block is what freed him to get that first down. Jerick McKinnon in the backfield blocking for Mahomes has been unbelievable this year. It doesn't show up in the stat book. What shows up in the stat book is the nine touchdowns in the last six games. First guy ever to have six straight games with a touchdown reception. Last week with five straight, you know, it's the first time since the 1970 merger that that had happened. But there's a lot of things out here, and the haters are in force. You know, the Bengals fans crying which I don't know why the Chiefs would have won the number one seed anyway. So don't listen to any Bengals fan. It didn't matter if they beat Buffalo and won tomorrow. It didn't matter. All the Chiefs need to do is win this game to be the number one seed. Now, Buffalo is different. I do believe Cincinnati wouldn't be, would have beaten Buffalo. So the way it stands now, if Buffalo wins tomorrow at home against New England Patriots, they'll be the two seed in an AFC title game they'll meet at a neutral site. Now, if Buffalo loses tomorrow – to the New England Patriots, the AFC title game would be in Kansas City if it were the Buffalo Bills. Regardless, Cincinnati still has to come to Arrowhead Stadium, and it's not a neutral site game anymore. But the haters are in force, and this is exactly where you want it to the Chiefs because now they're getting New England Patriots treatment. Why? Because they were good all the time. Haters are only going to show up when you're good because haters don't show up when you're bad. They show up when you're good. And all those preseason prognostications that – this is the Chargers year. This is Buffalo's year. This, no, here the Chiefs are as the number one seed with 14 wins. They're the fifth team in history to have five straight years of 12-plus wins. I mean, just look at what Andy Reid's doing. This year, 14 wins. Last year, 12. The year before that, 14. The year before that, 12. The year before that, 12. The year before that, 10. The year before that, 12. The year before that, 11. Then he had, oh, he had a 9-7 and seven year. His worst year in Kansas City was two games over 500 in 2014. The one year he didn't make the playoffs. Then the year before that, it was 11-5. and five. But yet, people still complain. They'll find a way to still complain. But this is Andy Reid's best year. This is Andy Reid's best year with the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, he's won a Super Bowl before I get that, and he's been to another one. But he lost Tyreek Hill. And don't forget all the, oh, my God, the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill. What are they going to do offensively? And they were out there talking about it. Well, the Chiefs are going to struggle. Well, you know what they did is? Travis Kelsey is the only 1,000-yard receiver this team has. Juju made a run at it, but didn't get there. MVS wasn't even close. 
This team, <laughs> Patrick Mahomes threw over 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns. Only the second guy in NFL history to do that, Drew Brees, the other. By only having one 1,000-yard receiver in Travis Kelsey. That shows you how he spread the ball around. And don't forget, at the beginning of the season, Mahomes said, I think we're going to spread the ball around. We may not be a fantasy team, fantasy football team with a bunch of guys putting up numbers. He said that. And Andy Reid echoed those sentiments. This is what they're going to do. They're going to spread the ball around. This is what makes Andy Reid, I think, having the best year he's ever had. The Chiefs, the only team in the NFL that averages over 400 yards of total offense, 417. Number one in points per game in the NFL. Passing offense, 305 yards. By far and away the best passing offense in the NFL. The Bucs came in as number two with 278 yards passing a game. Sacks given up. They have the third fewest sacks given up in the NFL. Number two in third down percentage. Number two in fourth down percentage. Number 24 in penalties. Seems like they're penalized all the time. No, they're actually 24th. Number three in uh, red zone touchdowns. I mean, this points per drive, the Chiefs number one. Again, all these rankings without Tyreek Hill. Oh, my gosh, what are they going to do? Well, this puts everybody on alert, especially when they start having fun and doing those uh, circle plays, the snow globe is what Patrick Mahomes called it. I wish they would have been able to score on that touchdown on that play because we love trick plays here in Kansas City. But this team is hitting all all, all things at once. Butker did play today, kicked the field goal and extra points. That was good to see because they did sign Matthew Wright, who was here earlier this season. He was warming up today too. So the Chiefs serious about special teams because they know that can be the difference between a win and loss. But here the Chiefs are again. They could host the AFC title game for five straight years. Yet it seems like to the national media when they talk about the Chiefs, they're still doing it. Oh, they downplay the Chiefs, and they, you know, even even the fans here downplay the Chiefs. And Mitchell Schwartz, the former Chiefs, all pro tackle, put it best on Twitter. He says, if we only read Chiefs Twitter after every game and never knew the actual scores, what do we think the team's record would be? Eight, nine. Lots of freakouts week to week on here as we piled up a 14 and three record in the number one seed. Try to appreciate the greatness more throughout the year and he's 100 right not just twitter it's the text messages that you get or send to your friends talking about the chiefs hell on, the, on this text line i've seen fire andy reed which is completely laughable and stupid and but people freak out if the chiefs get behind but they're still winning games i get it there were some close games that shouldn't have been close like that texas game and i still can't explain that Chiefs had 502 yards of offense they had 219 the bottom line is they're winning some teams in close games lose games because they don't know how to win. The Chiefs know how to win, and they have fun doing it. So I do the ring around the Rosie play because it's fun. The Chiefs have fun. Watch a Chiefs game, then watch another NFL game, and you go, man, it's like they're playing two different sports. If you're watching this Jags and Titans game, and then you watch the Chiefs, it's like, this is the same league. They're playing the same game. But I digress. But the Chiefs get the big win. More importantly, they get the, uh, the bye week. And they get home field advantage throughout if Buffalo loses tomorrow. Now, if Buffalo wins, the, new, the, the AFC title game would be a neutral site game. But do you think it really matters to the Chiefs, who are now 27-6 and six on the road since 2019? Here's their road record. 2019, 7-1. 2028-0. 2021, 5-3. 2022-7-2. They're putting up numbers that you teams only get at home. But they're 27-6 and six on the road. It doesn't matter where they play. They can play the game on Mars. They can play the game on the moon. It doesn't matter. 
This team can play wherever they're given the opportunity. But enough of me. Let's start hearing from you. Let's go no huddle. Edwards Hilaire gets the handoff. Off the first hit, off the second hit, off the third hit, and into the sweet nectar of the end zone. Taking your calls now at 913-586-7610. No huddle brought to you by Silverstein Ice Center's phone line, Kansas City's most trusted eye doctors, 913-586-7610. We got you for a while. We're here inside that Chiefs locker room, and we'll also hear from uh, editor-in-chief, HeroHeadPride.com, Pete Sweeney, as we start looking forward to the postseason, the Raiders were absolutely laughable today against the Kansas City Chiefs. Let's start with Dave in Baldwin City. What's up, Dave? Yeah, I would respond to uh, Mitchell's tweet is, is that uh, no team playing a 16-game schedule has won the Super Bowl since the Giants with a minus-5 differential. Now, we redeemed ourselves, but the criticism is not unjustified It's not a minus-5 differential now. It's... Minus three. Well, we improved. Yeah, we improved today. Um, my, my question is, um, why, even if Buffalo wins tomorrow, we still have a higher winning percentage. Why, why, are, we, why are we forced to play a game in Indianapolis? Buffalo had the choice well, it's not going to, be to go back down the field they, or to fly out. Well, it's going to be a neutral side, Dave. It doesn't make sense, but here was the, here, here's what happens. If Casey wins... If Buffalo wins tomorrow in Baltimore, still a neutral side game. If Buffalo and Cincinnati win tomorrow, Cincinnati instead of Baltimore, still a neutral side game. Here's where it's in Kansas City. Kansas City, New England. Because the NFL does a weird deal. It should have been that way. But they're they're doing a stupid coin toss between the Ravens and Bengals to decide home field, even though they said Cincinnati is the uh, division winner. So the NFL uh, botched this, in my opinion. They came to what they thought was the best uh, results. I don't think this is the best scenario, but it's the one we have to deal with. Well, the the best result, I think Clark Hunt did the right thing by abstaining to vote. I think it was it was not a good proposal. The best thing would have do would have been to wait until tomorrow. If Buffalo loses, we get a home game. But but if not, you don't reward a team for for leaving a a paralyzed player at the hospital and flying out to Buffalo the next day. You keep them there. You keep them on the field. The Buffalo made the choice not to play that game. They forfeit. You lose today, sir. You've lost me there, Dave. They did the right thing. They couldn't have played that game. They were emotionally not ready to finish that game. Uh, DeMar is getting better and better, and that's good to see. But I do wish they would have played this game again. But, you know, do it in the future. My my plan was to next week – have the Bills Bengals standalone game, play the NFC games, give the AFC everybody not play at all. Then the following week, have the AFC games and then have the NFC get the bye week. But yeah, Bengals and Bills not finishing that game certainly threw a wrench in the everything. But you're right, they didn't go by the rule book because that, that's what Zach Taylor's saying to the Bengals hey, the, the rules are the rules. You know, he made a good point. He said, you know, if we step out of line, we do the wrong things, we're fined by the NFL because you know what they say? Go by the rule book. Well, the NFL didn't go by the rules that they put forth before the season started. They're not doing it. So the Bengals do have a legitimate gripe when it comes to this postseason. Now, the Chiefs, it doesn't matter, man. Whether they go play a, a, a neutral site game, which already Indianapolis can't host it. They have some other event going on. Uh, Detroit. Can't host it. They're going to put a new field in there. So who knows where it is? Could end up in Pittsburgh, which I hope it doesn't. It's just a couple-hour drive from Buffalo. But does it really matter? 
put it in Atlanta, put it in Houston, put it wherever. I don't think it matters. As I said, the Chiefs are 27-6 and six on the road since 2019. Not only that, Andy Reid is 21-3 after a bye week in the regular season, 7-3 in the postseason. He's an amazing 27-3 after the bye week. He just knows what he's doing. So they gave the Chiefs the bye week, and it falls right into Andy Reid's hand as far as uh, – as far as how the Chiefs uh, react to the bye week. He's the master of that. Let's go to Dan yeah. and KCK. What's up, Dan? Hey, Bing, how you doing? Uh, number one seed all the way to the Super Bowl. I like to, what I say uh, today, you know, the defense was great. Uh, two sacks like Chris Jones and Dana with a sack, and uh, Carlotta's a sack. Special teams played great. Offense, you know what to do with the offense. Real good, and uh, I, I agree with you, Bing. Yeah, it was too bad, but I'm glad that DeMar, uh, yeah, Hamlin's doing a lot better. I'm thinking about giving to that toys for us, you know, when I get a chance to. I won't well, find out right, with they, that. They, they did the right thing. I mean, I mean the guy, I mean, there was no way Buffalo could have played that game. They just couldn't. Yeah. I mean, the whole uh, league was shaking. Yeah. Yeah, I understand that, too. Yeah. I was wondering now, uh, I know I heard Bob and uh, Josh, you know, talk about in the morning that, well, why didn't uh, Goodell just step in? And I don't know, it shouldn't have to come to uh, Zach Taylor and, uh, you know, and uh, McDermott, you know. I, don't, I, I think uh, he's doing a good job, but I think Roger Goodell just stepped in there. What do you think about that, Bink? And uh, I don't know why the Bengals are complaining, though, anyway. I don't understand that. <laughs> well, because a coin toss could decide home field advantage if they happen to play the Ravens in the first round of the playoffs, and that's probably not the right thing. Well, it's not. It's it's not the right thing to do. Yeah, I understand it too. We we owe the Bengals anyway. They could be bad as old as they want to. We'll we'll get the Bengals anyway. So let's let's have the fun the next couple of weeks. And you know, take care, Bink. Let's All go. Right. All right, Dan. Happy New Year to you. Um, guess what, Nick Bolton. 16 tackles today. And I saw some people complaining about Nick Bolton on a missed tackle, which is laughable. He is now the leader in the National Football League in tackles. No other player out of 32 teams has more tackles than Nick Bolton, who also set a franchise record in tackles as we speak now, but he's got a little bit a uh, little bit of a lead, uh, but he could end up the National Football League's leading tackler at worst would be the second leading tackler in the National Football League. But again, it's optics. It's what are you what are you doing lately? Oftentimes we judge his team, what they're doing week in and week out. How bad this team is and how bad they look. Well, they, they don't look bad. Because guess what? They're the best team in the AFC. It's not, I think the best team in the NFL, to be honest with you. All these teams struggle. Like, I think we forget when the Chiefs struggled against the Broncos, the 49ers that everybody puts up on this pedestal is the best team in the NFL, nearly got beat by the Raiders. The Vikings got pounded. The Eagles, and I get it, Jalen Hurts didn't play. They only scored 10 points. They lose 20 to 10. So it's sometimes not just the Chiefs. Sometimes you have to step outside the box and see what other teams are doing. Because if you would listen to the other team's postgame show, you'd realize that a lot of teams struggle different times throughout the season. Not everybody goes out and just paced people. Chiefs made it look easy today. The day's... It's good. Special teams, good for the Chiefs today. Offense, good for the Chiefs today. Defense, good for the Chiefs today. Getting to the quarterback. This is what you want. Sit this, build, build momentum, have that bye week, and come out ready to go. Chiefs two games away from going back to the Super Bowl for the third time in the last five years of Patrick Mahomes, who continues to amaze. Patrick Mahomes' season has only ended in the Super Bowl or AFC title game in overtime. That's right. 
The two times he didn't go to the Super Bowl, he lost New England in overtime, and he lost to Cincinnati in overtime. That is playing more football than anybody else in the National Football League. That is a winner. <laughs> when you're only going to the Super Bowl AFC title game, that's your MVP. This is the best player in the National Football League. A lot of people realize that he just sees the game, slows it down. Everything's a front little flick pass he did today for a touchdown. It was vintage Patrick Mahomes stuff. I just wish some of the players would stop dropping the passes. Like we saw a dr big drop by Justin Watson down the field. We saw MV Hess get hit by the, the football in the helmet and didn't come down with it on yet another big pass down the field. So there's a lot of drops. But again, Patrick Mahomes now, the third guy ever to have multiple 5,000-yard seasons joining Tom Brady and Drew Brees. But only he and Drew Brees have over 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns in multiple seasons. And keep this in mind, he did this before the 17th game. So don't, don't tell me asterisk. No, no. He did it in 16 games. It is unbelievable what he's doing. Um, really, there's no reason to complain about the Chiefs. Racking up 14 wins once again, this is what they do. Andy Reid just keeps winning. Again, his worst record out of 10 years in Kansas City was 9-7. and seven. This past January 4th marks 10 years that Andy Reid's been in Kansas City. It's been the best 10 years of football the city's ever seen. People are happy going to work because they know every single year the Chiefs can be good. And again, only four players were on this roster before Mahomes. That's it, four. Two of them were specialists in Winchester and Butker. That's it. They have flipped the roster. They're still good. They're still beating everybody's ass. Everybody picked somebody else to win the division. Oh, guess what? The Chiefs have won it seven straight. Only the New England Patriots that won an 11 straight have won the division more than the Chiefs. But there were hot takes all around. You saw them. People picking the Broncos, people picking the Chargers, people, people picking the Raiders. This was the common sentiment around the National Football League. It's almost funny. All the backtracking. There was a Twitter handle, like, putting out all the hot takes before the season. I mean, there were people saying that Russell Wilson was going to cook the Chiefs this season. There was uh, all sorts of uh, different predictions about the Chargers. Chargers, once again, won the preseason in the AFC West. And we'll see. It might be a formidable team in the playoffs with Justin Herbert. Again, I think when you think about the great quarterbacks in the AFC, certainly Mahomes, it's Allen, it's Joe Burrow. I like Joe Burrow behind Mahomes. And then way Trevor Lawrence is playing, might as well throw him in there as well. Jed Marshall here with me tonight. And Jed, uh, once again, nice season for you, buddy. We get the postseason now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think that, as you were talking about, that the Chiefs are definitely the team to beat going into the postseason. I think that a lot of the narrative that you were talking about, whether – the Bengals or the Bills or whatever team in the AFC wants to be upset about the way that the um, season is shaken out is completely unfounded because the Chiefs have proved, whether by winning percentage, total wins, that they're the best team in the AFC, whether it be, you know, going up against those teams. I, I To me, I don't know, as you were talking about in your monologue, I think that the Chiefs are clearly the best team in the NFL I know that people want to talk about the Eagles and stuff like that. Jalen Hurts' injury certainly puts a, you know, a, a little bit of damper on that. But, yeah, no, I, I think that the Chiefs are definitely the team to beat heading forward. I think a lot of people watch the Chiefs and don't watch other games and don't sure. see the struggles and don't see, you know, these teams are playing the same game but doesn't look like it. They're like right. struggling on offense. And I, I think a lot of people just watch the Chiefs game and then form their opinion but again, like last week, when everybody struggled, everybody struggled. It wasn't just the Chiefs. The good teams are struggling. This is what the Chiefs have done on the road. Again, they play well on the road. 
44 points against the Cardinals, 41 points uh, against the Tampa Bay Bucks, 44 points against the 49. These are road games, 44 there, 30 against the Chargers on the road. Eh, they lost the Bengals game, but they still scored 24 on the road. 34 at Denver. Houston wasn't a good game, goes overtime, they still scored 30. They scored 31 today, easily could have been 38 had they kept their foot on the gas, sure. easily. What I'm saying is, they're averaging well over 30 points a game on the road. That's why if they go play on the road or a neutral side, it didn't bother me at all. Well, I think I think it's interesting too because we, we there's been so much discussion going into the season throughout the season about whether Tyreek Hill the loss that he had and you and I were talking about the receiving core and maybe some of the deficiencies that the Chiefs actually have in the receiving core with MVS guys like that but still you're seeing the fact that the Chiefs are still able to be one of the most effective offenses in the entire NFL. So much credit goes to Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. I mean, you you have unbelievable playmakers but still all hats go off to those guys yeah and, and as far as the uh damar jed i mean i totally see they did the, the nfl did the right thing i mean would i like to see that game replayed yeah but there's no way they could play that game there's no way they could play the next day i mean everybody was shaking up on this the team was you, you saw the bills on the field for what they witnessed what they saw what they thought was going to happen there was no way they were going to be able to play that football game. So in that respect, the NFL did things right by not playing that game. And that was good to see. The rest of the stuff, I don't really care. I I, I don't think the Chiefs got jobbed at all. Yeah, they might have to play the AFC title game on the road. I would love to see it at Arrowhead Stadium. Five straight games, AFC games at, at Arrowhead. I'm 49 years old. The last time I even saw the Chiefs in the AFC title game before this run was the 93-94 season when they played in Buffalo. I'm almost half a century old. What, what they're doing now, we take for granted. I 100% believe people take the cheese for granted at times. Let's go to Neil and Lone Jack. What's up, Neil? MVP. MVP. Jay, what a great night, man. Um, closest thing we've had to a complete game all season, I feel like, with the exception of maybe the Arizona game, first week of the year. Uh, it was a great game. Offense, that Niners defense, game was fun. Teams. It was close at times, but... When they ended up putting 44 points on the number one defense in the NFL, the number one scoring defense in the NFL, on the road, 44 points on eh, everybody's darling San Francisco 49ers. Chiefs made them look stupid. Trying to remember, did we turn the ball over in that game, though? I think we did once, right? At least. In the so six, today, no turnovers. Congratulations to Patrick. Congratulations to Andy. So thankful to have Andy Reid for 10 years. It's amazing. Uh, wish I wish they had been able to play that game, you know, maybe push it back a week. I really wish that would have been the ultimate decision by the NFL. Um, but here we are, got the bye week, exactly where we want to be. God forbid we do have to play a neutral game. At least we won't have to go on the road at all uh, and play an actual road game. Patrick Mahomes, six years in the league, five years starting, still never played a road playoff game and won't this year. It's amazing. It's remarkable. It's unbelievable. He's the MVP of the league. I, I, I feel so good right now. I feel like we, we definitely are in the driver's seat to make it to another Super Bowl. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I, I, we're all ready for the divisional round. Me and Jason will be out there, you know, four hours, five hours before game time. Jay, it's a good day. It's a good day. It is a and, good day, um, Enjoy this one. Enjoy it. It was a complete game. I mean, it was. 
I, mean, I still like the Niners game the best. So they won by 21 points against uh, everybody's favorite team. But regardless, we'll uh, capsulate things with uh, Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, arrowheadpride.com, next. Postgame show the Chiefs 31 to 13 win winners over the Raiders nine of the last ten they've won Patrick Mahomes down nine and one against the Raiders Andy Reid down 17 and three against the Raiders all time seriously I said the Broncos should write uh, Father's Day cards to the Kansas City Chiefs I think the Raiders should too the Chiefs just own this division the money's spent to stop the Chiefs they can't stop the Chiefs and these teams are starting to realize it now but the Chiefs are 27 six. On the road since 2019. I don't care where they play the game. And I know there's a talk about the neutral site game. Who cares, man? Chiefs could play in Anchorage, Alaska. It doesn't matter. This team travels well on the road. But now it's time to talk to Pete Sweeney. Pete Sweeney's appearance is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. America's number one sportsbook and the official sportsbook of 610 Sports Radio. Pete, good evening, my friend. How are you doing? We're finally... Good evening. How are we doing? We're finally done with the, the regular season. You know what? Finally, Pete, it, it's kind of uh, anticlimactic, I guess, because they won the division. But it did matter to get that number one seed. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. This Raiders team, I didn't know what to expect today because Chiefs played such close games within the division. Both the Broncos games are close. The Raiders games, the first Raiders game was close. Chargers games are close. But today, the Chiefs just all three phases of the game smooth. Yeah, and I, th- I think it's something we've really been waiting for for most of the year, where it was this complete game. And it really didn't matter to the opponent. The Chiefs would play the contenders, and one phase wouldn't be good, but they would still manage to win, and sometimes they would lose, or they would play lesser teams, and maybe another phase wouldn't be good. They usually would win those games. I mean, they did win 14 up to 17. And what I think you really wanted to see going into this game was a clean game. And I talked about all week, on 610 and our, our things at Arrowhead Pride, just the idea of if the Chiefs don't turn the football over, it is very, very, very difficult to beat them. And I, I think you saw that today. It's not like Patrick Mahomes had this marvelous statistical day. It was just clean football. And when the Chiefs play clean football, they're going to win the game. Yeah, probably could have gotten 60 or 70 yards more passing had it uh, not a couple drops, not by Watson, that one hit MVS in the helmet. Uh, but let's go back to before the game started, Pete. There, there was some question whether Harrison Butker was going to play or not. They brought in Matthew Wright, uh, which is the right thing to do. Security blanket because you got to have someone that can kick. And don't forget Matthew Wright's a guy that did kick a 59-yard field goal for the Kansas City Chiefs. That was a record until Butker surpassed it the following week. But then there was question whether he's going to play or not. He goes out there and tests it and ends up making his extra points and a field goal for the Chiefs. Yeah, and I I think he was an extension of that. You know, when you play in the playoffs, sometimes it comes down to whether or not you made your field goals. And I got to imagine Harrison Butker and really, by extension, Tommy Townsend and Jane Winchester, they were feeling it a little bit mentally. And I I think you needed a day like today where you're able to make the four extra points, you're able to make the 40-something yarder where you had to kick a field goal at the end of the half. That, That is a little bit of a pressure situation. And it looked like the Butker of old that would come out there and, and just be automatic. And I think he needed that as well. I mean, that, that, that phase is certainly included in, in, the, in the three, and they call it the hidden phase of the game for a reason. And when you're playing teams that could be as good as you, they're not necessarily the Raiders, but 
a Bengals or a Bills or we'll see some of these other contenders, whether it be the Chargers or the Ravens or whatnot, you got to make your field goals and you got to make your extra points. You can't leave points out there. And I, I think this is a confidence builder. You talk about Tommy Townsend, the holds were good, and he had a really nice day punting the football with two inside the five and then three inside the ten. And a nice McGregor strut down the field. I love to see punters uh, start to feel themselves a little bit. I, I was looking at, at Townsend do that dance, and I, I did think, what would Jay Binkley look to him? Well, doing I've dance? seen you do that coming in the studio at different times. Pete. Yeah. I, well, I've seen sometimes you, you got to, you know, there's, there's some big personalities at six yeah, ten, so you got to make sure that they know you're, you're here to play. Absolutely. Also, before the game, McCall Hardman, who was put back on the roster. I didn't expect a ton from McCall today, but I did expect him to play a little bit. A few design plays here and there, get him kind of acclimated. But Chiefs, shut him down this week, have the bye week, and a couple. Are we going to see him again, Pete, or is he done? I think we'll see him again. I don't yeah. think they would activate him for sure. reserve if, if he wasn't going to play. I think he probably was close i'm sure we'll talk to andy Reid about that i'm sure he, I'm sure he was close and they ultimately decided well if he's not 100 percent, we've waited long enough why rush this thing i'd imagine when you see him which will now be in two weeks time it still won't be that full level of snaps but so long as everything goes well it's just been a long time now i would anticipate seeing him when when we resume here between 10 and 20 I don't think it would have been the five or ten that you might have saw today if they did decide to push him. But being really careful with McCole Hardman, and, and not that this necessarily plays into it, but it does factor in since it happened, this idea of his numbers aren't really going to be there for that big-time contract that he was looking for. So maybe this is a, a situation where he's retained in Kansas City for a year. I, I think there could be an agreement made where, all right, you didn't really get that contract here you were looking for. Let's, let's run it back for a year, and, and we'll give you between – you know. A, Six, seven, eight million dollars to to play in Kansas City, and and let's see what you can do in this this new contract year in twenty twenty three. But yes, I I do expect to see him at some point during the playoffs. And to, and also, I think this should be noted too. Patrick Mahomes ends the season with one one thousand yard receiver in a seventeen game season. Pretty monstrous, considering over five thousand yards and forty touchdowns. But he said before the year, he said, you know, be careful with your fantasy football team. We're going to be spreading the ball around. He did. And he was right, which even makes this this offense, the way they played, more impressive, Pete, because I think a lot of people are saying, oh, two guys will get 1,000 yard three. I only thought they'd have 1,000 yard receiver coming in. That was Kelsey. Yeah, Juju made a run for it. It maybe could have gotten it if he didn't have to miss a game. But that's impressive for the Chiefs to have just one 1,000 yard receiver and yet be the only team in the NFL with 400 yards of offense a game. 100%. And and the numbers are what they are. I think Juju definitely gets there had he not had the concussion. Because I don't think, not only did he miss the game, but I think he was impacted for the weeks to follow. They eased him in after that, and then we really wasn't the same for a few games. And ended up, what, finishing in the 900 to 1,000 range. So I, I do think Juju would have gotten there, but even still, uh, this is a, a little bit different, I, I think, than you're used to where it was Kelsey and then, you know, you look at the, the final yardage where McKinnon has this late surge and you had MBS in what was the six to 700 range. Um, who knows what McCall would have finished with. But you're right. I mean, he spread the ball around. Uh, and I think this was a, a big test, right? Um, you know, eventually time's going to pass. And I, I think we'll talk about what this year was for Patrick Mahomes. And I, I think when we look back at what this year was for Patrick Mahomes, it'll be the confirmation that, Man, there's going to be several iterations of this team. 
you know, I know the, a lot of outsiders, not so much in Kansas City, but a lot of outsiders were saying, well, he's going to really miss Tyreek Hill. He's not going to be the same. Yeah. Well, he was better, and the Chiefs are right back where they were. And you're looking at Tyreek Hill in Miami, really wanted badly to go to Miami. And who knows if they even make the postseason. And so, you know, you, you have these these deep storylines in the NFL, the, the Brady and Belichick. I think here in Kansas City and Miami, we, we look at that, like who's going to be better off. And, and I, I think there is a, a part of Tyreek who's going to be playing tomorrow here that that wonders if if he really made the right decision uh, going down to Miami. I think he's probably missing his teammates tonight. I think it's just uh, the progression of Patrick Mahomes, you know, processing. Doing keep in mind, a lot of quarterbacks get better after thirty, but he's the way he's processing things. All right, he proven he could win with a guy like Tyree Kill, and he proved he could win without a guy like Tyree Kill by spreading the ball around. His processing of information and stuff is unbelievable. One of those guys that is really nice to have in this offense when healthy is Kadarius Tony. I don't think there's anybody with the Chiefs as a better open field runner than him. The way that he puts his shoulders down and jukes players, I mean, he leaves jock straps on the field when he carries. And that snow globe play where they did the ringing around the rosy, I wish that would have been called the touchdown because I think that play would have lived on. I think it's going to live on anyway. But then he gets the end around, gets an 11-yard touchdown. But Kadarius Tony, that could be a serious weapon for the Chiefs throughout the postseason. I mean, I, I don't think we're being broadcast in New York right now because every time I tweet about Kadarius Tony, I get naysayers from New York that are that are filtering in the tweets if it gets retweeted by the right person. Except but, your dad. Man, there are people that are in the Chiefs organization that think this is the next number one receiver. Really? You know, it's always it's always going to be Kelsey, uh, and and we know that. But Kelsey's getting older. You know, at some point, you know, maybe it'll be three years, but at some point, you know, Kelsey won't be here. There is Tony still young, and I think he he has a lot of years on the, on this contract. He has that fifth year option in you know being a first first rounder. Uh, the Chiefs have that control, and so I I don't know. I, I look at Tony and and I I look at some of these flashes, and what you're seeing are these flashes of him being a first round talent. And we had thought maybe the Chiefs would take a receiver in the first round. I know that there were some names being floated around. Didn't really work out that way. Ended up going with McDuffie and Karloftis, who. At least through 17 games, we can say we're hits, right? So yeah. I don't think they made a mistake doing that. And they were able to get a first-round receiver without having to draft him in the first round. And so Brett Veach has had a lot of these, what we would call Brett Veach specials, where they trade for the former first-rounder. And a lot of that is they are vouching or, or you know, they're, they're looking back at what they were evaluating about this player heading into the NFL draft. And they loved him. They loved Kadarius Tony. They didn't know why it didn't work out in New York. Who knows? It, it was Joe Judge. It was a mess. Uh, it didn't work out in New York, and the Chiefs were able to, to acquire him. And I think the sky's the limit. If he can stay healthy, I think you might have a number one receiver on your hands. I agree, Pete. Did you like the snow globe play? Because I could see that play having a bunch of different variations. It was, it was crazy how smooth it was. Where when they when they break the circle, everybody goes straight to their position. All of a sudden, you have McKinnon that used to be a college quarterback and high school quarterback mm-hmm. at quarterback. You have Kelsey back there. You have Darius Tony in the slot, and then Mahomes back there. I could see them doing many different things, including pitching the ball to Tony, Tony end around, throwing to Kelsey. I could see so many different things off that formation. I thought it was brilliant. They, I think, don't just have the one play uh, coming out of that. Um, and I, I think this is a seed that is now planted uh, in opposing defensive coordinators' heads. 
And you don't know what they're going to do out of it because now I think a lot of defensive coordinators, they, they go to that again and will think it's the same play and there's no way it is. And it's going to confuse the hell out of these defenders. And it's really gimmicky. Um, but I think the difference in, in this particular gimmick, and we've seen a lot of over the years in Kansas City, um, you know, with, with the, the Black Pearl and, and whatnot. And, you know, you can name, you know, when Don Tari Poe was here with the Hungry Pick right and, and oh, et cetera. Yeah. I think that the thing is, it's it's a lot of gimmick before they enter what is a, a formation that is kind of just kind of the, the classic football. Yeah, it's a little bit different looking, but I, I think you're you're still, you know, at some point just snapping the football to the quarterback. It's not like you're you're you know you're doing you know you're doing a direct snap to the tight end or anything. And I, I'm eager to see what happens here. And I do think this is one of those moments where it's the beginning of a whole, I think, version of this elsewhere, too. I mean, I wouldn't be stunned if you start to see this type of thing, if it works for Kansas City, A, across the NFL in different fashions, and then, of course, in, in college football. This is such a college football type of thing uh, that you'll start to see maybe on Saturdays next year. The Chiefs have become the notepad team. I mean, you see some of the stuff they do all over college football with, with the you know underhanding to the tight end and stuff. You see Chiefs plays running college football all the time. I notice it. See, other NFL teams do it's notepad game team. When the Chiefs are on, you take a notepad. What are the Chiefs doing now? What creative thing are they doing now? On the other side, Pete, the defense. We saw six sacks today from the Kansas City Chiefs, giving them 55 total for the season. Last year, they had a total of 31 sacks, 24 more sacks. I don't think anybody would have said this team had 24 more sacks than last year beginning the season, but I kind of thought this was, you know, they could get to the quarterback. And it's not just Chris Jones. In, in the late season surge by Karloff, this certainly helped six of the last seven games have a sack. When the first 10, he only had half a sack. But, you know, they, they, you know, just sacks here and there from Bolton. We saw one from Reed. We've seen McDuffie get back there. We've seen Nickel and Legereus Sneed get back there. We've seen Chanel get back there. But they do it by committee. No, they did not, you know, didn't have success against the Bengals or whatever. But they're number two in the NFL right now in sacks and having 24 more than last year. Hats off to Steve Spagnuolo on that. Yeah, and I think it was the decision, too, by Andy Reid and company to move Brendan Daly to linebackers and bring in Joe Cullen. I think Joe Cullen, yeah, he's really reinvented, I I think, that room. You can see how the players have been reinvigorated. I I know that Chris Jones had another career year, but even Frank Clark, I thought, has played a little bit better this year than maybe he has in, in recent years. Uh, George Karloftis is no longer a rookie. I mean, I know we're still looking at him as a rookie in the playoffs, but he's a he's a legitimate player for the Chiefs right now. Uh, you've seen that over the past stretch here, um, and he's he's gotten to the quarterback. I think Carlos Dunlap has had a nice nice little stretch here. Mike Dana, uh, I think Mike Dana would have had a breakout year had it not been for that early injury that cost him a lot of time. And I think he's healthy right now too. So even if Frank Clark can't go, and we'll see. Now there's two weeks. Um, I think you're fine. You know there, and and then the the timely blitzes from the second and third level, and you know you, you saw McDuffie at one point running after the, the quarterback today. I, I just think it's it's so confusing, and that that's when Steve Spagnuolo's defense is best. We saw it in the years with the the Giants, and then you know when in Kansas City, in, in just hitting the quarterback, making him uncomfortable. Uh, and I, I think the last step here, and as you described, Jay, is to see it against Cincinnati because it seems like that's the team that gives them fits in getting Joe Burrow down. Um, but here's the, here's the reality. Uh, yeah, it's all, it's all fun and cool for Cincinnati Bengal fans that the Chiefs have lost three times in the same calendar year. The Chiefs might not have to see Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, with this whole buy situation, um, 
you know, they won't be playing the Bengals and the and the Bills, yeah. uh, presumably, if, if everything kind of goes scratch here. Um, you know, they'll be playing either or. And who knows, maybe the Bills will just take care of, of who has been the, the Chiefs Achilles heel and we'll punt that sack situation to next year. You know, that that's a reality now the Chiefs have clinched the bye. We're talking to Pete Sweeney, editor-in-chief, ArrowheadPride.com, our Chiefs insider. And, uh, you know, check out ArrowheadPride.com. It's got the uh, the latest, the best information on the Kansas City Chiefs. One other guy, Nick Bolton, Pete. Um, I've always liked this guy. I've even made, when he first got here, I said, you know, this is a guy you may not think, as good as Derek Johnson was, this guy might be even better. And he sets a Chiefs franchise record in tackles. He had 16 tackles today. People still find a way to complain about him, which is insane to me. He's got more tackles right now than anybody in the National Football League. But what a year he had. Yeah, and uh, and it just a, a, a kudos to Veach for, for getting him in the second round. I mean, you got – Because of Orlando Brown well, trade. Yeah, and you, you talk about that second round. I mean, you, that, those, are, those are staples of your team. I mean, Creed Humphrey and, and Nick Bolton right now. And – you know, for the Chiefs to identify, like, all right, we brought in Anthony Hitchens. He was part of a Super Bowl team. He's on his last leg, right? We need to figure this out. And that's another hit in the second round, and that's a, a starter. And if you can get a, a, a starter like that in the second round who can lead the NFL in tackles in the second year, yeah, I, I know that there's people that, that want to complain about maybe his vision and, and tackling in space and whatnot. Look, uh, he's not leading the NFL in tackles if he can't tackle his space. So uh, I'm with you, Jay. Uh, yeah. I, I'm a big Bolton guy myself, and, and I just think the, the Chiefs have done a really nice job in the draft. Um, you know, once you sign that quarterback, I, I know Mahomes is working with them, but once you sign that quarterback, you really got to hit in the draft, and they have just done a bang-up bang job uh, in the offseason in the draft. I think Mitch Schwartz, uh, Mitch Schwartz, the uh, former All-Pro tackle, said it best. If we only read Chiefs Twitter after every game and never knew the actual scores, then we think the team's record would be 8-9. Lots of freakouts week to week on there. As we piled yeah. up a 14-3 record in the one seed, try to appreciate the greatness. And I say this, Pete, I, I read this a couple times now, is if you watch the Chiefs games only, and then you just – Take a look at some of these other games and how difficult it is for teams to actually put the ball in the end zone. Yeah, I'm watching. I'm talking to you as I watch one of the worst throws of the day from Dobbs to the the Jaguars, and they just intercepted it. I, it's like they play in a different a league, lot. a different sport. It's almost fourth quarter, and there's only 26 points. This is a this is a long time away, um, which is is great, you know. Um, but I just feel for whoever has to the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs when Mahomes is done because um, it is not going to be the same and uh, you know that's a that's a reminder you know for all of us you know we we've blinked here and Mahomes is already 27 right like yeah. <laughs> you know you only got you only got about like two more of these these stretches um, and and it's just another brand of football you're right about it and it you know part of that is Andy Reid too and you hope um, you know as Reid gets a little older and who knows when he's going to be done but he, he, you know, there's another head coach that can kind of take the, the torch. I mean, Andy Reid is not going to be the, the coach of Patrick Mahomes forever, but I'm with you. I, I just think the the Chiefs are in such a, a, a golden age of football, not only for their own franchise. I mean, that's obvious for any franchise. Um, you know, you talk about seven divisions in a row where you, you've won it. You now have an opportunity if you're able to do it four more times to, to have the best stretch of any 
team ever in a, in a division. I mean, you know, I'm not trying to to go four years from now. So you know, but it, it's true. It's just even have that opportunity. It, it's it's wild. Um, sure, I, if you're you're nitpicking here, you you wish that they would have gotten it done another time, maybe another two times with the Super Bowl thing. I think they got a great chance this year. I, I you know, and I said it with the turnover thing. They play clean football. It's going to be a tough team team to beat. You know, you saw in those games against the the other contenders, they were they were coughing up the football, and I just think I think they realize that now, and uh, and they're going to be able to get healthy here and re-enter the fold with only four teams left in the AFC in divisional weekend. Final question for you, Pete, and appreciate your time. All season is we're in the final regular season game. We'll have postseason post game for you coming up. Um, now that the season's over, my favorite game was the 49ers game. You know, putting mm-hmm. 44 points on it because Chiefs are very good on the road this year, putting up points. I mean, they're averaging over 30 points a game on the road. But the Niners, to me, was the most satisfying, scoring 44 points out there. Now that we've had the full regular season, what's been your favorite? Yeah, that's a good question. I I really remember the the Tampa game. I I just think there were some demons there in the the Tampa game, and I had been eyeing Tampa, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. Uh, before the season, so I'm not going to name one of the losses, so I guess i got to go with this one. A 41-31 final where I think the Chiefs were able to go down uh, where for the returning players that were there during the Super Bowl, a little bit of a house of horrors for them in a way, um, and, and win that game and win it handedly. I know that it was only 41-31, but there was never a question of that game, and I, I just thought it was it was good for, for Pat to get Brady again. I, I would love if the Bucks were able to go on a miraculous run and, and for them to see them in the Super Bowl again. Cause I think it would be good for the legacy of Mahomes to get Brady one time in the, in the big game. But, uh, but I, I guess if, if I'm trying to, trying to pick a game, it, it would be that one. It, you know, you get to the end of this thing and it's kind of a blur. You know, you remember bits and pieces, but you, you blink and it's hard to remember pinpoint moments, but uh, just a complete year, you know, and it was a different brand. Uh, of football, it was more of I think team football. Of course, of course, you have Patrick Holmes and Travis Kelsey, but just a, a complete team effort. And and you know from from I would say so we're, we're talking Mahomes and Kelsey, so they're one and two. So from three to fifty three, I just was very impressive with being able to continue to be elite team when a lot of those guys three to fifty three were were different this year. Great stuff, Pete. Uh, hope to see you uh, next week at the uh, beer release for uh, the playoff Pilsner at Center Block. Playoff Pilsner. Yeah, I'm a big Pilsner. fan of playoff Pilsner. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. I, I, uh, I, I, I love the playoffs and I love Pilsner. All right, Pete. Take care, man. Enjoy talking to you. We'll All talk right, to you later. in the postseason. Bye, Pete. You know, he didn't say it. You know, good job. Dude. No, I, I dropped him. I know you did. Perfect timing, too. Right when he said goodbye, he's like, usually you smell you later, comes right for that, but you got it. You was perfect. Perfect by you. What a good day this has been. Yeah, totally. Chase, Chris Play, you cutting Pete off right there. I mean, this is just. Absolutely. Like, Everything's gone as. We drew it up. Well, as I mentioned there, the playoff Pilsner being released at 6 o'clock next Friday, the 13th, Cinderblock. Uh, Dusty will be there with After Hours. I think you're working that show, aren't you, Jen? I will be. I, I had heard Dusty talking about last night when we were doing After Hours how everyone from 610 will be there, all of the personalities. And I mentioned to Dusty, as I mentioned to you, I'll be back here pushing buttons and so forth. So not everyone from 610 will be there. I'll do, be doing my normal signal with Dusty, but I'll have a beer in my hand. Well, I would hope so. It's, it's do you not normally have a beer in your hand? I, I normally do, Jed. Mm-hmm. And I normally do. That's my we'll, boy. We'll take a time out. We come back. Touchdown, Kansas City, the voice of Mitch Holtis.
Welcome back to the Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show. Jay Bankley, Jed Marshall producing the operation. Chiefs win 31-13 to to end the regular season with 14 wins and the number one seed in the AFC in a bye week next week. Now, depends on Buffalo, New England tomorrow. If Buffalo loses, the AFC title game played in Kansas City. Buffalo wins. If, if, if Kansas City meets Buffalo in the AFC title game, it'll be a neutral site game. It won't be in Indy. And it won't be Detroit. They have other things going on, so I have to figure out where to play this game. But as as always, each and every week, Touchdown Kansas City with Mitch Holtis. It's time for Touchdown Kansas City. Hartman waits for a block, and he gets the 15-10, explodes, dies! The jet has landed the plane! A highlight-filled summary of the game with the voice of Chiefs Kingdom, Mitch Holtis. Touchdown Kansas City! Touchdown Kansas City brought to you by Tullamore Dew. When it's game time, it's totally time. Well, it was the Kansas City Chiefs getting on the board first in this game early on. Mahomes, McKinnon stationed to his right. Three tight ends, all tight triangle left side. Mahomes looks that way. Now moves to his left, holds the ball, holds it. Now he's going to shovel it late. He's got McKinnon. Touchdown, Kansas City on a basketball shovel pass straight ahead to the amazing Jarek McKinnon. And now Mahomes ties an NFL record since 1963. The most passes combined to tight ends and running backs, and the Chiefs get a touchdown on their first drive of the game. First drive of the game, five plays, 75 yards, only 208 off the clock. They move the ball down the field with alacrity, taking a 7-0 lead with 12.52 in the first quarter. The other scoring in the first quarter came by the Raiders. 54-yard attempt for Daniel Carlson, one of the most accurate kickers in this league in his five years. This year, 32 of 35. His long last week against San Francisco from 57. And Carlson's kick is... Good, he got it, just got it. And the Raiders get three, but not seven. 7.15 to go in the first quarter. So you go, the Raiders get on the board there, making the score six to three, or seven to three, excuse me. Chiefs in the first quarter, and Chiefs playing defense, looking good, getting after the quarterback. They'll get to the quarterback a lot more coming up. That was a 10-play drive. The Raiders had these long drives, but they were only getting field goals at them. That field goal at 7.15 in the first quarter, seven to three Chiefs as we head to the second quarter, and guess who? A name we haven't called much this season because he hadn't played this much this season. Ronald Jones the second is in the backfield. They had McKinnon there. He goes in motion to a tight wing right. Ronald Jones the second, blast behind left guard. Touchdown, Kansas City, the secret weapon. We've just been waiting to use him. And Ronald Jones Jr., the five-year veteran, gets his 19th rushing touchdown of his career. Three plays, 44 yards, a minute eight up the clock. 14.56 was the time in the second quarter. 14 to three, Kansas City Chiefs. Now with the score 14 to three, the Chiefs had that uh, ring around the rosy play. With McKinnon, who was a former high school and college quarterback, stepping up the quarterback, Mahomes in the backfield. Kelsey lined up kind of where a fullback would be, and in the slot was Kadarius Toney. And they run a play where Mahomes threw it back to Kadarius Tony, a phantom call for holding. It It shouldn't have been a, a, a holding call whatsoever. They call it snow globe. Mahomes called it snow globe after the game. I, we love how these how the Chiefs name these plays. They come up themselves. It shows you how creative they are as teams. But the Chiefs on the next play, it's, well, 
Let's just call this the Tully touchdown of the game. That's right, the Tully touchdown of the game brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. So raise a glass to this week's Tully touchdown with Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. When it's game time, it's Tully time. would love to give that ring around the rosy play the Tully touchdown of the game, but the very next play, same guy who scored the touchdown that was called back. 14-3 Kansas City, 53 seconds left in the half. Under centers, Mahomes, they come on a jet sweep to Tony at the 10 on the angle, breaks a tackle inside the five, near front pylon, touchdown, Kansas City. It just took one more play, and the Chiefs run a jet sweep to KT and Canarius Tony with the touchdown, and the Chiefs lead 20-3 to at 47 seconds to go, first half. Harrison Butker, not 100% sure if he's going to play or not with the extra point, but that was probably one of my favorite drives of the year. 12 plays, 98 yards, taking 519 off the clock, making the score 21 to 3. But the Chiefs weren't done before the half. Five seconds left to go, second quarter. Winchester. Townsend places it down. Butker's kick. A spinning kick that is up, and it is good! 44-yard field goal. The Chiefs get a fumble recovery at nine seconds and a field goal at the buzzer. And the Kansas City leads half. at halftime 24-3. Dominating half by the Kansas City Chiefs, 24-3. The question is, could they keep this up? Could they keep this up? Because the Raiders were going to get the ball first in the second half. But Harrison Butker was questionable for this game. They went out and signed Matthew Wright again. Remember him earlier in the year? They had signed Amendola to kick. Chiefs released him. He goes to Arizona, misses a game-winning kick. He's released again. Matthew Wright kicked for the Chiefs for a bit. Kicked that 59-yarder. So it was going to question mark. Is Butker going to play, or is it going to be Matthew Wright? But Harrison Butker there with a 44-yard, no-doubt, field goal, putting the Chiefs up 24-3 to at halftime. Now, the only scoring in the third quarter would be the Raiders. There's few better than Steve Spagnuolo at adjustments. This will be a 38-yard attempt for Carlson who's got the only points for the Raiders earlier in this game on a 54-yarder. Carlson nails the 38. So there's the only score of the third quarter. But again, the Raiders in the long drive, 13 plays, 55 yards, 8.05 off the clock, 24 to 6 this time. So all they're doing is not culminating in touchdowns, which I think was huge for the Kansas City Chiefs. In the fourth quarter, well, it would be the Chiefs' leading rusher on the season getting in the end zone. 11.09 to go in the game, 24-6 Kansas City. Third down goal to go at the one handoff. Pacheco blasts into the end zone. Touchdown, Kansas City. Isaiah Pacheco, terrific blocking. He hands it now to Joe Tooney, who gets to spike the ball <laughs> after it was a spike earlier by Andrew Wiley, and the Chiefs have blown it open. Four minutes into the third quarter with a 30-6 lead. Harrison Butker would have the extra point, 31-6 at this point. It was a nice seven-play, 62-yard drive by the Chiefs, taking 3-0-1 off the clock. The Raiders would get a touchdown at the very end of the game, 6:37 left in the game. As a matter of fact, kind of running pro, an 11-yard pass from Jarrett Stedham, making the final score 31-13. Of course, the Chiefs at the end of the game put in Chad Henney. They kneeled, kneeled the clock. Probably easily could have been 38-13. Chiefs actually averaged 38 points a game in Las Vegas. Two years ago, it was a little bit close, 35-31. Last year, the Chiefs pasted the Raiders in Las Vegas, and today they win the game 31-13. to What do you think the Chiefs uh, crowd was today, Jed? 55%, 60%, maybe more than that. I think it was probably, yeah, what, probably 65 70%. It, it, based off what the crowd sounded like watching the game and things of that nature, I mean, I know that Las Vegas has long been 
a place where it seems like opposing teams are going to go for, you know, whatever reason, especially this year with the Chiefs being able to to capture the uh, the number one seed. But, yeah, I would guess 70 percent. What would you say? It may be. Maybe that I'm always bad at uh, estimating this. I will say the 49ers probably had 75% of the crown. And Mark Davis, the owner of the Raiders, was kind of complaining about it earlier. Like, we need to get this place where it's all Raiders fans. Well, that, <laughs> you shouldn't have moved the team a to couple, Las Vegas. A couple problems there. Number one, you're in Las Vegas, which is the destination for any NFL fan bases. Ooh, we got to go to the Vegas game. Because one, you're going to get a win because you're playing the Raiders and they suck. Sure. So that's good. You can go see your team play in Vegas, which is fun little getaway. One of the best places in the National Football League. You think it's better than Oakland? To go, see, yes. What? I don't think Chiefs fans were really. I mean, some of them were going out to Oakland. It's such a Vegas, nice stadium there. But yeah, it, you know what? It's a bad stadium. That Coliseum is terrible for not only the A's but the Raiders. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Their sewer backs up, Jed. I'm, I'm aware uh, that the that the sewer there's human on the waste field. that sometimes floats when they have floods. No, I obviously was being a smart ass. Well, I know but... you were. I know you were. We go to Vegas. And this is why it's a great destination. And you knew this would happen moving a team to Vegas. And number three, just win, baby. Start winning games. Then you'd have Raiders fans there. That'd be nice, right? People would actually get on a plane with the Raiders fans from all around the country and go to the Raiders games because obviously they need help in Las Vegas supporting their own local team. It's one of the things that we were talking about prior to getting on the air, but how the AFC West was viewed as this juggernaut of a division. And I think that what we're seeing is that when you have Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Travis Kelsey, I know that there are different offensive weapons who have been very effective throughout the season. But when you have those three catalysts right there to start, there's no question that the Chiefs are going to be the best team in the division. I know that you can talk about that the Raiders have undergone different, you know, circumstances with Derek Carr being put on the bench and now they're trying to play Jared Stidham. You can talk about the struggles that Russell Wilson has had. You can talk about how good Justin Herbert has been for the Chargers. But at the end of the day, I mean, there's really no comparison. And the the Chiefs have, have dominated like you were talking about earlier in the show. Just it, it's not even funny at this point. No. And I, I wish there could be a redo from NFL Network people and ESPN Live and all this that said because of Russell Wilson but coming to the Broncos, because of Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams going to the Raiders that was a playoff team last year, and Derek Carr, the quarterback, and then the, the, you know, the emergence of Justin Herbert. The Chargers actually made the postseason, mm-hmm. but they're still way behind the Chiefs. I mean, For sure. And again, this is, you know, J.C. Jackson, Khalil Mack, all that goes to the Chargers. That was seen as the one thing, but Mahomes sweeps him. Mahomes 6-0 and in the division. And the most impressive stat, again, Mahomes has a million impressive stats. Like, he and Drew Brees are the only quarterbacks to have back-to-back 5,000-yard seasons and 40 touchdowns. But 16-0 and on the road in the division mm-hmm. is an insane stat that I don't think gets talked about enough nationally. And before the game, Adam Schefter put on Twitter, which is cool, Mahomes 15-0 and in divisional road games. Okay, he's now 16-0. and That ought to be a real storyline. That ought to be mentioned everywhere tonight when people look back at this game and what the Chiefs and what the Chiefs have accomplished. But it's unreal. Ten years. Andy Reid signed January 4th, 2013. Mm-hmm. Chiefs cut him off at the pass. Clark Hunt gets on a plane, goes to Philadelphia. Before he goes to Arizona, was supposed to go interview with the Cardinals the next day. Chiefs said, No, no, no. Here's a check. You come to Kansas City. I know we don't have a general manager, but we're hiring you first. Because they realize he is more important than the general manager, which typically teams get the general manager and the coach. 
He would have been the coach in Arizona. They would have easily hired him. It would have been closer to his home in San Diego. I, I think the Chiefs would end up with Bruce Arians, which ends up being a guy that won a suit. Not as good as Andy Reid, but I think that's the direction the Chiefs would have gone had they not get Andy Reid. <clears throat> this decade has been ridiculous in Kansas City. Absolutely. You have a football team now that you don't have to worry about. The whole roster is different, but every year you have Mahomes, you have a chance. And that's all fans in Kansas City want. Ooh, they lost Tyree Kill. They're going to take a step back. That's what they said. And what did you say, that there were three players that have, have been on the roster, I think, since? Four. Four, excuse me. But two me. of them are specialists. Specialty players, you know, which is unbelievable. And I think to your point that you were talking about, when you – I know that quarterback is definitely the most important position, even more important than head coach. It's not to take anything away from Andy Reid. But think back to what happened – 10 years ago when he came in and Alex Smith was the quarterback. Granted, he did have success with Jim Harbaugh and things of that nature, but you're talking about a guy who was benched, granted a first-round pick, a number one overall pick, but I think it speaks to just how talented Andy Reid is yeah, as, a, as a play caller and just how, how special a guy he is. And when you see him actually get a difference maker, not to say that Alex Smith is a bad quarterback by any means, but when you get one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterback in the NFL, and you put that with arguably the best play caller in the NFL, <laughs> definitely a first ballot Hall of Famer, you see just how exciting it'll be and what you know the, the rewards have been for the Chiefs that they've been able to reap over the years. And I, I to me, when you look at a guy who, what's his low watermark, nine wins, Nine and seven in 2014. Two and they games still, over 500, didn't make the playoffs. But and they still, still had an opportunity to make the playoffs that he, year. He, that's his worst record is, is, is nine and seven. Andy Reid and Urban Meyer got the most out of Alex Smith. Jim Harbaugh did there for a bit, but did get benched. But I'd say Urban Meyer elevating Alex Smith, the number one pick. Andy Reid actually had Alex Smith in MVP discussions from various times. And by the way, this, this seven straight division titles the Chiefs have won in the AFC West. Alex Smith started that, so he was winning it with Alex Smith as well. But don't don't forget how bad it was before Andy Reid got here. Oh, for sure. 2012 was the most miserable season I've ever experienced in Kansas City, any sport, because of all the off-the-field thing. You had Javon Belcher deal. You had Inside Edition coming up here and interviewing about um, Eric Winston, talking about the fans, you know, cheering Matt Castle when he went off. They were they started off the season so bad. The first nine weeks of the season, they were compared to the 1927 Buffalo Bisons by not having a lead. They were the first pick on the clock with the worst record in the National Football League. Hire Andy Reid. Oh, you start 9-0 the next season, you make the playoffs. Well, and it's interesting when you bring up just the the two different coaches that you mentioned getting the most out of Alex Smith in Andy Reid and Urban Meyer. I mean, ultimately, what's the distinction and difference between those two coaches? Is that one's a Hall of Famer and one is kind of a jackass and doesn't really know what he's doing in the NFL and proved it by being let go even when he did have a quarterback in Trevor Lawrence who we talked about prior to the show, you know, was a number one overall pick. I mean, to me, I, I that's where the biggest distinction to me comes from in what Andy Reid has been able to do in his time in Kansas City. Yeah, and from the text line, 913-586-7610, we got a text from Josie that says, uh, well, look at the Chiefs postseason record before Andy Reid got here. You know, they had not won a playoff game since the 93 season, the the game in uh, January 8th, 1994, excuse me, January 16th, 1994, when they won at the Houston Oilers. They had gone from there all the way till Andy Reid 
takes them to a playoff win against the Houston Texans in 2016. People were 21 years old drinking at bars that were alive, weren't alive during that span of the uh, Kansas City Chiefs not making the postseason. Now, four straight trips to the AFC title game, a Super Bowl victory, another Super Bowl appearance, and the Chiefs have the number one seed in the AFC. It's amazing what 10 years will do with Andy Reid, how he kind of we kind of take it for granted now. It's, you know, it's with the Kansas City Chiefs. We take the success for granted another 14-win season. I'm Jay Binkley, Jed Marshall producing the operation. We'll take a timeout. We'll head inside that Chiefs locker room next. I'm Jay Binkley with Jed Marshall producing the operation. Hoping you're having a good Saturday night. Tomorrow you can kick back, relax, open a few beers, watch the rest of the NFL, whatever you want. You don't have to sweat it. I guess, you know, if Buffalo does lose, it guarantees the AFC title game will be played in Kansas City. Now, if Buffalo loses that game, or excuse me, wins that game, then the uh, uh, AFC title game would be played on a neutral field. That's if it's Kansas City and Buffalo. The rest of the teams, it would be here in Kansas City if that was the situation. Now it's time to hear from the, the players' locker room. Players Sound brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Patrick Mahomes after the game. We've had a lot of changes this offseason. What do you think allowed you to still wind up here? Um, I mean, it starts with the the organization and the coaches. I mean, they've set a culture here that, I mean, I, it was started before I was even here. And so um, you get a lot of guys in here that learn how we do things. Um, we have a lot of veterans on our team. And when you bring in uh, new guys, you just you just show them by the way you act. And uh, we luckily for us, Brett Veach and Coach Reed brought in a lot of guys that were ready to work and wanted to get out there as quickly as possible. And I think you've seen as the season's gone on, uh, those rookies are getting better. And then uh, the veterans are, are starting to hit the right moment going into the playoffs. Patrick, how much was the circle play? First of all, was it snow globe or Arctic circle? And second, how much did, did you have to say in how that got designed to begin with? Yeah, it's, it's a combination. It's like reindeer personnel, Arctic circle, um, snow globe. Whatever. I mean, that it's. I just call it snow globe's easiest way to. That's why I set it out there. It's the easiest way to say it. It's, it's a long play call, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's a. Uh, it was something we had we had kind of practiced on actually last year uh, of doing that kind of getting confusion going and getting to the line and snapping it. We didn't get the chance to run it last year. Um, it kind of got thrown not away, but you, you kind of as you season gets started up, you go back to the basics. And as the season went back on, I was like kind of nudging Coach Reed. I was like, hey, let's let's bring it back in a different way. And uh, we didn't have that throwback on it the last time we ran it. Um, so hopefully we can maybe do it again and get back to whatever we we ran last time and get another touchdown. Patrick, you were pretty critical of your own play last week. Um, your first pass today obviously goes for 67. Can you walk us through that? But it didn't look like Justin was your first read on that play. I wonder if you could walk us through that and also just hitting a deep ball on, on your first pass. Yeah, I mean, I still could have been better, especially in the second half. But, um, yeah, it was nice to get that going early, especially. And like you said, Justin wasn't the first read, but he was kind of like those alert. He's like an alert where you get your eyes there just to see. Um, and and he, he did a good job on that motion. He didn't get the ball thrown to him all practice, and he, and he was just staying alive. And they played a coverage 
that they don't play a lot, um, where, they, where they're playing a little two into the, the field. Um, he kind of got down that, uh, re, where would be the red line, the sideline, um, and I was able to get the ball to him and make a play. Um, how disappointed he didn't score. He's supposed to be like the fastest dude on the field, but he, he didn't get in there. So I'm sure McColl and Marquez will give him a little crap for that. Patrick, I'm wondering what it felt like to step on the field for the first time after DeMar Hamlin's injury. Yeah, it was definitely definitely weird, man. I mean, it's it, it's um, it's a game that you love, uh, a game that you love, that you've played your entire life, and you've enjoyed, had so many great moments, and has brought so many great things to you. Um, but obviously, um, with the situation that happened on Monday night with Demar, I mean, you still have that in the back of your mind. Um, not not him going down or anything like that, but just you, you want to be there for him. There's so much stuff bigger than football uh, that was kind of in your mind. And so I was just glad we were able to get out there. And, and even though it was we were the first team back, I, we were able to get through there with not a lot of injuries. And, and guys were able to just go out there and enjoy it and have fun again. And um, I said it uh, at the end of the game there um, to the broadcast, but it, I mean it helped out a lot that he was able to make that video. Even though I didn't see it, he made the video and was able to talk to his teammates again, and everything's looking great because that gives you a little bit of that final thing like, all right, this is what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to go out there and, and give joy to not only us, but the, the rest of the world watching us. Patrick, you're 27-3 and against the AFC West. Did division wins mean more to you? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that, that was something that was instilled with me uh, right when I got here is um, – the, the, we were going to focus on the AFC West opponents. We, we believe we have one of the best divisions, not the best division in football. Um, and so we know if we can handle business in the AFC West, it's going to put us in the position uh, to be where we want to be at, at the end of the year. Um, and so the, like, like I've said a lot, is our first goal is win the AFC West. Second goal is uh, to get home field advantage, which we're in a weird spot there. Um, but uh, now we're going to get this by and try to get back to the playoffs, um, get a home game at Arrowhead, and, and try to handle business there against what will be another great football team. If you look at the AFC, the AFC in general, every single team, uh, one through really eight, nine, can, can make a run at the Super Bowl. So we know we're going to get a, a good test no matter who it is. Just seeing Kadarius again add another dimension, how much do you think he's looking like he'll be a real factor for you guys going forward in ways that you know we couldn't have seen before? Yeah, even even more than I think we thought. I mean, we, we knew he was talented, um, but to, for him to, to get accustomed to the offense this fast and be able to be out there for multiple plays now, and um, even if he's not getting the football, he's in the right spot, he's doing the right things, he's getting himself open, um, it just adds another dimension. He's, just, he's a special type of talent that's different than any, any player that I think I've played with as far as the way he lateral he's able to move. Um, and so uh, he, he's getting better and better at running routes that we run in this offense. I think y'all saw that today. Um, and now let's let's try to get 17 back, another speed guy. And we, I think this offense can even take it even a, another step. Pat, just wondering about Max Crosby. We'll put him against him now for a few years here. As a quarterback, does he always capture your attention? Know where he is? What's he doing? He's, a, he's an absolute monster. I mean, at the end of the day, that's that's it. I mean, we know. I mean, we have a plan for him. He he, he Everybody has a plan for him. He does a good job of still making an impact on the game. Um, and we go at it. I mean, he's a competitor like I am. Um, but I have so much respect for him because the way he plays. Because when that, sometimes when you're when you're that good and that talented, you can take plays off, and he takes zero plays off. He he plays the run the pass whatever it is every single play as hard as you can <laughs> yeah that day Mahomes talk about the snow globe play there they you know the guys get together at the end of practice or put something together and present it to be enemy and read and it's funny seeing the reaction of fan bases around the, the country I mean just the reaction they called it unprofessional it's not unprofessional the score was 14 to 3 even Josh McDaniels head coach of the Raiders after the game said it wasn't unprofessional here's the thing Stop it. The goal is to win the game. And if Bengals fans or Bills fans or whatever upset, try winning a Super Bowl. Add a ring. Win a Super Bowl and then talk. 
Because right now you're jealous of the Kansas City Chiefs and the jealousy is rampant across the National Football League. Again, this is a good thing. If people are jealous of your team, always good. Always people, always want people to want to be you and beat you. Because that means you're accomplishing something. And that's what the Kansas City Chiefs are doing. And as far as Kadarius Tony running that play when he talked about Kadarius Tony, there is nobody with the ball in his hands. Open field like Kadarius Tony. That's why they use him in so many different roles, whether it's end around. It kind of reminds me of Percy Harvin. I, I think they actually mentioned that on the broadcast, but it's just a Swiss Army knife type of player. Let's go back inside that uh, locker room and hear from uh, Andy Reid, brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Here's Big Red. Uh, has a great strain, so um, we'll see, see how he does here. He's got a little bit of time here, which is a good thing to – to recover, um, the, our fans were unbelievable. I, I mentioned, literally mentioned it before the game to the guys. There's a lot of red there. There's a lot of black too, and it's just going to be continuous noise throughout the throughout the game. So normally, when your defense on an away game doesn't have to worry about the noise, they were going to have to worry about it today. And that's a my hat goes out to our fans. Um, I thought our run defense and pass defense were tremendous. The fourth down stand, I thought, kind of set the tempo for for the game um, as we went. Mike Dana, with the, he doesn't get mentioned very often, with a couple sacks in there, along with Chris Jones and um, and George. So our defensive front, I thought, starts with them, and I thought they played played well. Our young our, our young defensive secondary, I thought, also played well, especially the safeties. They again, they don't get a lot of credit for what they do, but I thought they really played played well um, and very aggressive. Um, on offense, uh, starts with the offensive line, uh, just like it does on the other side with the defensive line. I, I thought we did a good job against what I thought was a, a good defensive front. Um, both 98 and 99 are good good rushers, and our guys did a good job there. So um, it was good to see KT get a back-to-back uh, game like that and back-to-back touchdowns. One got called back, and he got another one right after that. So he's tough to, tough to bring down. And, Great quickness. Um, Justin Watson starting it off with the with the big catch. Pat was on fire, uh, 105 quarterback rating again. I mean, he's throwing these things out there like they're nothing. And uh, uh, but that was a big play again, setting the setting the tempo. Um, and then Kelsey again uh, doing what he's done. I know he came up a couple catches short of, uh, of the record, but he uh, in my mind he's got the record. So and then Juju and. Uh, you know, the, all the guys. I mean, they, they all played. They all played well. So, uh, the receiving core, and then Tommy on special teams. Uh, I mean, what a weapon he, he's become. So, I thought he he really uh, did a nice job kicking the ball, punting the ball. It was good for Butt to get the um, get a field goal in there too. So, with that, time's yours. Yeah, I think. Listen, I think it's a a good thing. I I mean, you, you still got to take care of business. Our guys understand that. We'll you know we'll give them a couple of days, a few days off there um, next week, and then get them back in and uh, towards the end of the week and and get some uh, get some practice in there. But uh, and then start the regular week after that. But uh, to just take a step back and get yourself where you feel stronger and healthier and so on. So mentally and physically is a good thing. Obviously, you've got the number one seed before, but you had a lot of changes in this offseason. What was the challenge about getting this particular group to this point? 
Yeah, well, I, I listen, I give credit to the coaches and the players for that. Uh, <clears throat> it started with, with Pat taking the guys to the receiving core. That's where he had a bunch of uh, new guys that he was going to have to deal with in just a split second So, uh, and with accuracy. And he, he was able to do that and get them, get them on the, the same page. He's taking a bow back there. Um, and then... Uh, um, you know, defensively, with our with all the young guys that Brett brought in, uh, not only were they tremendous players, but they're um, they, they worked like crazy to step up and do the job that they did, particularly in the secondary. Every week they got a little bit better. So I, you know, but my hat goes off to the coaches. Coaches worked hard, players worked hard. Good things, good things have happened at this point. We still have some games left here, so we we need to take care of business on that. But. Andy, uh, the, the spinning huddle, if you watch the 1948 Rose Bowl film again, or where, where, where'd that come from? <clears throat> what, what's the benefit of doing that? Uh, well, you saw how it ended up. That's the benefit. Um, so it's just to create a little bit of confusion and then line up in something that's not familiar uh, to, the, to the opposing team. I thought the guys executed it well. We ended up with a holding, the holding call on it, but... Uh, they did. They did good with it. And the players enjoy doing that stuff. So a little creativity that they they come up with these things. So we just throw them out there and let them work them. That's what I want to ask you about that. To some degree, it's it's for competitive advantage, but it's, it's at some level, is it still want to just make this fun and creative for them? You do what you want to score too. I mean, that's a uh, um, that's it's not fun when you're not doing that. Andy. Uh, Chris tied a career high in sacks. He talked to us in the offseason just about leaving some plays on the field in that AFC championship game. Did you see that motivation kind of lead to, to what he accomplished this year? Yeah, he uh, he worked tremendously hard in the offseason. <clears throat> and uh, not that he hasn't been, but he, he really worked hard at it. I, I think uh, he and Joe um, Cullen uh, hit it off, and that's uh, they have a nice little thing going there chemistry-wise. And... and uh, so I think that was a plus. Joe's a master technician, uh, especially in the pass rush game, both things, but pass rush in particular. And you know, he, I'm sure Chris would tell you he gave him a couple little things he could use, and and um, you know, Chris did the rest. Uh, McKinnon had a six straight game with a touchdown. How critical has he been to this offense? Say that one more time. Um, McKinnon has had a six straight game with a touchdown. How critical has he been to this offense? Um, yeah, big. I, I wasn't sure who you asked about, but that uh, good, yes. Coach, I want to ask you about Max Crosby. Um, seems like he was able to do some things against your offense today. Yeah. What does he? What does a guy like that bring to the to the Raiders team? Yeah, so that's something. He, he's an All Pro player, and um, and he's 100 miles an hour, likewise every play. And he's gonna get there. He, you know, going against his old teammate, and those two get after each other. Um, Wiley, I'm talking about, so college teammate. Um, but he, he's my hat goes off to him. He's a he's gonna get there. You know, he's a good player. He's gonna get there every once in a while. But you just uh, want to make sure it doesn't completely disrupt uh, your, your offense. Last one, uh, coach. Just uh, the first half, there was a sack, interception, Juju big play. Tony be playing touchdown, just seeing the defense and the offense just gel during that stretch, and you saw a lot more of that this time around. How key is it, obviously, getting that both sides gelling like that going into the playoffs? Yeah, we needed that. We, we really hadn't uh, put it all together. Um, I thought this was a good time that, you know, if I had to pick a time to do it, this was a good time to do it. We strive for it every week, but it seemed like it all kind of came together uh, today, which was, which was a plus. All right, thank you.
And there you go, Andy Reid after the game. The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7 o'clock and on demand with the Odyssey app. 610 Sports Radio, KCSB Kansas City, WDAF HD2 Liberty, always live on the Odyssey app. Well, the records are going to continue to fall in different areas. By the way, Travis Kelsey now fourth all-time in tight end receptions behind Tony Gonzalez, Jason Witten, Antonio Gates, Shannon Sharp. He's just one behind Shannon Sharp. He'll blow past that uh, right there. He'll, he'll have all the records by a tight end by the time it's all said and done. But it's unbelievable what this team is doing. Nick Bolton set a uh, tackle record today by the Chiefs, single season, 16 tackles today. Uh, currently the leading tackler in the National Football League as we sit right now. Chiefs with 55 sacks on the season. That's 24 more sacks than a season ago. Chiefs just broke a bunch of misnomers, too. Couldn't get to the quarterback. Weren't going to have a good offense because without Tyreek Hill, they pretty much shut all that up, to be honest with you. You know, you can write checks, but then you got to cash them. The Chiefs cashed all these checks this season. And by the way, Sean Payton's in talks. Looks like the Broncos and Saints in talks. Could we see Sean Payton? Because they'd have to get probably a first-round pick for Sean Payton. He's still under contract with New Orleans. If he ends up with Denver, it just shows you the freak-out mode everybody has in the AFC West. This is something the Denver Broncos should have thought about because Nathaniel Hackett wasn't the guy. We all knew that. This is one thing when the NFL fans said, that's not the right guy for that fit. Okay, because you got to chase Mahomes. And you realize Nathaniel Hackett wasn't going to do it. Now, could Sean Payton turn things around? Could he turn Russell Wilson around? That's what he'd be tasked about to do. So... I don't know if Russell's not cooked at this point. We'll see, Jed, at this, you know, and Braden Staley's going to get his first chance at the postseason. So we'll see as this division still chasing the Kansas City Chiefs. But the Chiefs get the 31-13 win over the Raiders today. The regular season is in the books. Chiefs uh, seven straight division titles. It's almost laughable what they're doing. Third time in A.D. Reid's uh, career with the Chiefs in 10 years. They've swept the division. Mahomes now 16-0 versus the AFC West on the road. He moves to 9-1 against the Raiders. Andy Reid moves to 17-3 against the Raiders. Jed, the Raiders and, and Broncos just don't play the Chiefs well. Like, at all, I'm, not being, I'm being sarcastic there, but no, they can't play the Chiefs. The division does not play the Chiefs all that well. The no. one thing that I would say... I mean, they play them close sometimes, like the Chargers, but... For sure, if... Well, and they've it, tonight's game withstanding. I, I mean, the Chiefs have actually played in a lot of close games against divisional opponents. The one thing that would give me pause if you're looking at Sean Payton going to the Broncos, I know that he had a lot of success with Drew Brees down in New Orleans. Russell Wilson, a undersized seems unfair to say, but you know, a smaller well, so quarterback. Was Brees, but, sure, yeah. but yeah, had a lot of success with that. Obviously, led them to a Super Bowl had Drew Brees win an MVP. So I guess that would give me a little bit of pause because I think that, what would you say, three through 53, Denver's roster is pretty damn good? Absolutely. I thought they had probably the second-best roster coming in the season. Of course, I didn't realize Russell Wilson was going to be a turn. on his face. Right. But I, I think if you put a competent head coach in that position, I that does give me a little bit of pause moving forward. Hey. I, I do think that at least the division – Moving forward, if you get more competent coaches in that position, I do think that it actually could be what we thought it might be heading into this season. It's buyer beware, too, when you hire somebody. Because I remember Pete Carroll's assistants getting head coaching jobs, and mm-hmm. yet he was the one still – that was his defense. Sure. The people were like Gus Bradley and these other coaches getting chances. And all the people that have been on the Belichick tree when it's Belichick and Tom Brady was there. 
Like Nathaniel Hackett came over from the Green Bay Packers. He wouldn't even call him plays in Green Bay. And it's a Matt LaFleur calls the plays. Oh, and he has a four-time MVP at the quarterback up there. So is it these guys or is it Nathaniel Hackett getting the job done? No, it was those guys, not him. A hundred percent. And it's something that we've talked about here in Kansas City, you know, with the Andy Reid coaching staff. You've you've seen Matt Nagy and different guys move on. There's been a lot of conversation about Eric Bieniemy and whether he's qualified. It, it to me, it seems like the juice really tends to be Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, as we've talked about many times throughout the course of the evening. Well, the Jaguars are the uh, division champs, by the way, coached by a former offensive coordinator of Andy Reid, who's also won a Super Bowl. So the Andy Reid tree uh, continues uh, its dominance. I'm shocked he's still not in Philadelphia, to be honest with you. Doug Peterson, congratulations to him for winning the AFC South. It's going to be weird not seeing the Titans. Uh, Anyway, tomorrow's game, Buffalo, New England. It does matter because if Buffalo wins, then if they, they meet the Chiefs in the AFC title game, it's a neutral site. And if they don't, then if they don't win, then the Chiefs will have it at Arrowhead Stadium. But the bottom line is 31 to 13 with Chiefs. They continue to show dominance using just players in different situations like Kadarius Tony in the Swiss Army knife uh, that he was. Is Sky Moore didn't play in this game. McCole Hardman still didn't make his way back. Now, he is off the IR and on the active roster for the Kansas City Chiefs, but but he didn't play today. I thought he might get a few plays today, but he was ruled inactive before the game. So we'll see which direction they go with McCole Hardman. I think he will play because he wouldn't be on the roster. They would be wasting a roster space if they didn't expect him to be with the Kansas City Chiefs and at least perform somewhat in the postseason. Let's go back inside that locker room. Brought to you by Santa Fe Auto Sound, Kansas City's home for car audio since 1967. Our very own Josh Klingler is also a sideline reporter. The Chiefs had a chance to catch up with Andrew Wiley. All right, I love it. Every every offensive lineman gets a uh, gets a football to spike here. How how that get started? And are you, are you, do you have your head on a swivel now to, to make sure it's coming at you? No, you just uh, I think I think it's like it's Rojo's thing, man. He he loves handing the ball to O, o- lineman after he scores. So got my first career NFL spike today. Uh, I know uh, Joe T got one too, and that was awesome to see, man. And I got to the sideline. EB said it was a ten out of ten spike. So I mean, you, you tell me what that means. Yeah. We've talked to the receivers and the, and the backs all the time about having a head on a swivel when Patrick's throwing the football. Now you guys have to be paying attention for those running backs to throw the football, right? Yeah, if you're the first one in the end zone after a running back scores, solid chance you're getting that spike, man. But but those guys are working their tail off, and uh, and we we take a lot of pride getting those guys in the end zone. A lot of goals accomplished already, but you got uh, a bye next week. How big how big is that? And how big is you know 14 and three? It's huge. Yeah, that, I mean it's incredible. You know and. and you know what our offense does uh, every week in a week out is awesome to be a part of. Um, but we go into OTAs and training camp with these goals in mind. You know, win the AFC West, secure home field advantage, first round bye, and get to the Super Bowl and win that thing. So, I mean, it's awesome to see the goals that we set so many months ago come to fruition. Today's game, you guys knew that division games are always going to be tough. You guys came out, scored right away, and kind of kept kept the foot on offensively. How big was that to, to get a lot of offenses rhythm for you guys today? Yeah, it's awesome. When we come out there, we had so much energy in pregame. We carried that to the to the first half. Uh, we made some corrections at halftime. And, you know, it's awesome um, coming out with that energy. And, you know, offense, defense, special teams, everybody today was dialed in. 
What is the uh, the play called where you guys do the, uh, the the circle huddle? Yeah, you know, it has a few names. Uh, you know, we just call it Circle of Death. Um, but, you know, it just started just messing around at practice. Pat loves dialing up these plays uh, for fun, and uh, and that one stuck. So it turns out EB liked that one, so that one got installed. So that's another one of those where you guys show it to them, maybe hoping they say okay? Yeah, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't really know, man. We do this thing, you know, we make up a play every Saturday. And, you know, it's just one of those things that actually made it into the playbook, caught EB's eye, and uh, and we actually got to run it today. So that was a lot of fun. All right, you're running around in a circle, and then you got to line up. That can't be the easiest thing, right? I mean, we, uh, you know, it's one of those, it was pretty smooth, you know. We, uh, you know, Pat Pat takes control of that thing, and he tells us when to go, and he tells us when to break, and he tells us when to snap the ball. So we were just listening to our leader out there. If only that one would have scored, but you guys got in on the very next play. Yep. A couple of trick plays uh, today out of yeah. the bag of tricks. So yeah, we got to break keep, out a that, few of those. Describe how that kind of keeps everybody energized too, right? Well, it's yeah, it's great because, you know, we've been working on these plays for, you know, a month and a half, almost two months. And, you know, to see these specialty plays actually get dialed in on, on game day is just, you know, it's awesome. We love, you know, going back on film and seeing those. All right, you mentioned a little bit having the bye. Describe how big it is to get the rest, I guess, more than anything. Is that is that the biggest advantage of that? Yeah, incredible. You know, it's, it's the biggest advantage um, of the playoffs is getting that first round bye. And, and securing home field advantage, so um, it is—it's incredibly important to us. So it's a big week uh, for recovery, big week to get some extra preparation. Um, yeah, it's awesome. Definitely not a week off, but enjoy the week without a game. Is yeah, that fair. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, we might be in pads knowing Coach Reed. So there's Andrew Wiley with Josh Klingler there. By the way, with the uh, Jags winning the division tonight, tomorrow when you're watching, Patriots, Dolphins, or Steelers are the only teams that have uh, a chance at that number seven playoff seed in the AFC. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back and we'll wrap this thing up unless you got a few comments to make. 913-586-7610. Welcome back. Kansas City Chiefs fans can relax a little bit, relax all day tomorrow. Watch the national title game of college football Monday night. Watch the playoffs next weekend. And don't have to worry about the Chiefs as they'll have the bye week. Patrick Mahomes, by the way, finishes the season with 5,250 yards passing. 41 touchdowns through the air. A nice, cool 358 yards on the ground, running the football for a 5.9-yard average. Four touchdowns rushing the football. Oh, by the way, he caught the ball. Uh, one catch for six yards this season as well as he has more yards all around than anybody ever in the history of the National Football League. Probably win his second MVP this year. So that's a Super Bowl championship, Super Bowl MVP. Could be five straight uh, AFC title games. I mean, just the record books continue to fall with Mahomes. You think about that day they drafted Mahomes. I mean, we talk about Andy Reid, the 10 years he's been here, but the night they drafted Patrick Mahomes, it was go time for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, they had to sit behind Alex Smith, but now it's go time, and this is something we're accustomed to down in Kansas City. That's being in the postseason, not only getting the postseason, but winning games in the postseason. Jed, I had fun as always. I guess next week we have a little bye week, so uh, it'll be two weeks before we – Talk playoffs? No, I'm heading over to your place to watch games next week. Oh, you're heading over. That's fine. Yep. That's fine. Look forward to that. Uh, it's weird on a Saturday and this not being a Sunday, but uh, enjoy the rest of your week and hope you're having a good Saturday night. Probably a liquefied Kansas City after watching that Chiefs game. Because I saw the uh, news reports from all the different bars and restaurants. People were having fun. Anyway, Chiefs win 31 to 13. Thanks again to Jed Marshall producing the operation. It's weird how fast this regular season has gone. We'll see you in the playoffs.